Today's Issues continues on AFR with your host, Tim Wildman, president of the American Family Association. Welcome back, everybody, to today's issues. We've got 25 more minutes left on the program today. I'm Tim Wildman. Uh, uh, Fred Jackson and Steve Jordahl are in studio here in Tupelo. Good morning, Steve. Good morning, Tim. I hope you're feeling well. I'm, I'm fine. Good. Um, Ray, I got COVID, uh, tested positive, but I'm asymptomatic. Which leads to the question, well, how do you know then? Why did you test? Well, because my wife had it, and she had symptoms. So I decided to go get tested, and they said, yes, you have it. So I decided not to come into the studio and spread it to Fred and Stephen, potentially ruin your Christmases. <clears throat> That's just the kind of guy I am. Um, very thoughtful person. Uh, raised in Kansas City. <clears throat> uh, I promised to tell that Christmas story. Uh, yeah. That funny Christmas story, right? Mm-hmm. I think it's funny. This was, and everybody's got a story that they could tell, but this is probably 25 years ago or so, and our church was doing a big, uh, grandiose Christmas pageant. I'm talking about, this isn't a cantata, okay? This is everything and anything, and <laughs> including live animals and, and, and uh, you know, uh, camels, all right? They had, so, they had at camels, at actual camels? Oh, yeah, inside the oh, church, oh, which was a gym. It's wow. dual purpose. But So the camels, are, <laughs> the camels are coming down the aisle. I'm talking about real big camels now coming down the aisle. And <clears throat> with the magi riding on them, and they get to the front of the church and the camels, I don't know if they're, the camels chew cud like cows. I mean, I, I don't know. I believe they I'm, do. I'm about I'm about to grow some people out. I just want to warn you at lunchtime here. But <clears throat> this camel, this one camel, decided <clears throat> he didn't want in his mouth whatever he had any longer. You see where I'm going with this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, and brother. the camel, that camel slung <laughs> oh, his head around to the first three aisles. <laughs> Of ladies in their Sunday best. Oh no! And he let it fling, whatever that was, in his mouth, and it spewed all over. Wow! Yeah. Merry Christmas! That's, I don't know what you call that stuff, <laughs> but so people are scattering, you know, and trying to avoid slime, camel slime, and it was. Now it wasn't camel funny slime. if it was happening to you. <laughs> but it was funny to observe from a distance. Uh, and of course, uh, some people responsible for the pageant were just appalled. You know, they were just aghast that our guest had been tr- treated as such by this uh, camel. But uh, anyway, that's wow. uh, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. It's hard so, to recover from from the camel slime. To, yeah, to get it was live way. action. It was real. <laughs> uh, right? Anything like that? You can remember I mean, over you know, your I've time. had a lot of stuff happen, but see, this is, folks, this may be why you should think twice before you bring a live camel into your sanctuary, right? Maybe yeah. three be of them. done outdoors. Three yeah. of them, oh. right? A They're lot can close. happen when you bring live animals into the scene. <laughs> Duly noted. <laughs> a lot can happen. Steve, have you ever experienced anything quite like that? Oh, man, I have been, uh, I have been part of more... Uh, Christmas and Easter type plays than ever, but 
Um, I was doing, I was in an opera course in, in Denver, and actually it was in Aspen, Colorado, at the Aspen Music Festival, and they were doing Aida, which is the uh, story of the king of, uh, of Egypt and everything, and they were supposed to have elephants, and they were supposed to have all this kind of stuff, but of course, they didn't bring them to Aspen, so instead of big, huge animals, they had big, huge balloons that they paraded around, which was kind of weird. Uh, yeah. Balloons. 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 Just these, you know, like big inflatable, the kind that you might <clears throat> see at the Macy's Day Parade, but they weren't balloons this, of elephants. They were just round balloons. This it was the most sort of weirdest pagan, thing. This is sort of pagan thing you were at, Steve. Well, it's uh, the opera. It, it's about uh, pagan. Yeah, I guess. Uh, it's a low-budget low budget opera. <laughs> it's, it's, it's Verdi. It's a Verdi opera, Aida. <laughs> So you were in the opera, Steve. That's the main thing our <laughs> listeners are going to take away here. You were in the opera. That's I cool. was a part of the opera chorus there, yeah. Nice. That's good. Oh, there's an opera chorus. I thought opera was individual singers. Well, yeah, but you got the the every it just like the uh, the, the uh, cast in in any kind of musical. You got the people that have to sing the you know carry the water and sing the the background parts. So yeah. You know what opera and rap have in common, right? Nothing. <laughs> You can't, you can't understand anything anybody's singing. That's true. <laughs> That's just me, ladies and gentlemen. Maybe you can. I'm just talking from my own personal experience. All right, uh, <clears throat> Steve, go ahead. Uh, Christmas is coming, as you guys have been talking about, and it's going to be a very interesting and a little difficult Christmas for those that are in the hurricane, uh, tor- sorry, tornado path in Kentucky, and I'm speaking specifically, of course, about uh, Mayfield, Kentucky. Um, I've been in contact with a pastor there, and I talked to him yesterday. I didn't record this, but um, it, it was amazing. He is coordinating the uh, rescue, I guess, the different uh, ministries that are coming in, doing um, rebuilding and such. And and uh, one of the ministries that he's coordinating is a, a, a chef's ministry. It's a it, they do. Meals and they do. They're doing about ten thousand meals a day. They said for these, maybe not that many, um, a lot, thousands of meals a day. Um, we talked. We actually heard from Franklin Graham, who's also Samaritan's Purse is in Mayfield, and he's talking about the Christmas that they're going to have there too. Let's listen to Cut Seven. Mayfield is is the hardest hit area. Uh, I mean, there was a lot of communities that are hard hit, but they had so much death uh, there in Mayfield. And that's, that's been a real tough one. Uh, we're going to be there on Christmas Eve and going to serve a Christmas lunch uh, for about 5,000 people. And we've got uh, Ricky Skaggs is going to be with me. I'll be speaking several times. Ricky will be singing several times. And we're going to be there from 11 to 3 o'clock on Christmas Eve uh, providing a hot Christmas meal. That's turkey, ham. Uh, mashed potatoes, yeast rolls, uh, iced tea. Yeah. Something for these people to kind of cling on to. By the way, the, the, the message that I got from the pastor that I'm talking to wasn't gloom, despair, and oh, it's going to be a terrible Christmas. He could not stop talking about how the body of Christ is coming together and being the body of Christ in, uh, in Kentucky. He's just so excited about what the Lord is doing in the middle of this tragedy, um, which probably doesn't surprise anybody on this panel. Yep. But that's very, very encouraging. Ministries like Eight Days of Hope, yeah. I know, are, are there. And uh, many churches, uh, I'm familiar with some churches in our own community here in Tupelo that have started collecting winter coats and are, are sending those up because some of these folks lost 
everything. Not only just their house, but their clothing, everything. And so uh, they're shipping winter coats uh, up there to help those folks out. Immediate needs. Immediate needs. Yeah. All right, Steve, next story. Uh, well, we're hearing the CDC is actually talking about what's called myocarditis and pericarditis, which are heart inflammation infections of the heart. And they're associating that with possibly the vaccine, the COVID-19 vaccinations, this is from the CDC page. It says the CDC and its partners are actively monitoring reports of myocarditis and pericarditis after COVID-19 vaccinations. Active monitoring includes reviewing data, medical records, etc. And then they talk about what it is. Here's something that's interesting, though. Pfizer, who is the company that is making one of these vaccines, has just decided to buy a, pharmacy com- a pharma company that specializes in heart issues inflammation heart and cardiovascular disease interesting isn't it <laughs> more money <clears throat> well uh if if, if they want to sue somebody sue steve individually uh, <laughs> for, for what he just talked about there the, you know <laughs> the opinions heard on this show do not necessarily reflect that of the reflect they don't reflect ray tim and fred we have no idea i'm just reporting uh, no. facts uh, i'm not accusing anybody of anything no you know what uh pharmaceutical companies in fairness they buy all kind of yeah. uh you know all kind of other companies they're conglomerates they they treat this that and the other <clears throat> but you're just uh, th- th- now uh, in all seriousness there is a um, an issue that the cdc even is paying attention to yeah. now uh regarding the effects of the vaccine shots on some people's hearts right and yes. blood clotting and th- things of that nature yes and so we'll we'll pay attention uh to that story where did you you can go on the cdc website and uh yeah, um, yeah, what I did is I Googled uh, vaccines and heart uh, issues, I think, and the CDC page <clears throat> came right up, cdc.gov slash coronavirus. Yeah, well, listen, <clears throat> I don't want to go into this too much. No. We've talked about this before, and people need to do their own research uh, and all, uh, their own homework, but I, I've heard enough anecdotal evidence uh, from personal testimonies of people that uh, – uh, the vaccines, you know, don't always go smoothly no. with people. A lot of people have negative reactions, not, not death necessarily, although I've heard, heard that too, and you can read about that on Veers. Is it Veers? On the CDC website. Yeah. <clears throat> Walker keeps up with all that. Walker Wildman, my son, and host of AFA at the core at 1 o'clock uh, Central Time. But uh, I'm just saying that there there are, as you would expect, quite frankly, when you've got a uh, uh experimental shot that uh was rushed through and i know the reasons why it had to be rushed through because you uh, if you're going to have a vaccine uh do any uh, good at all you can't wait five years into a pandemic so they rushed it through without the normal testing but when that happens you are going to have some 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 bad stories uh you know especially with the millions and millions of doses that have been dispensed across the country that's why we tell people you know you have to with any kind of health treatment you have to do your pros and cons you have to do your risk reward analysis and everybody has to do that individually uh you really do so 
Um, anyway, next story, Steve. I was just going to finish that off by saying, in fairness, the vast majority of those uh, vaccines are administered safely, and nobody has any side effects of those right. kinds. So, um, well, uh, the uh, we have a new hero in the uh, in the conservative movement. Um, Kyle Rittenhouse was introduced to a throng of cheers at a Turning Point USA conference yesterday. And uh, he was brought out uh, and uh, is feeling much better after his uh, um, acquittal from these murder charges. And, and he was asked about, well, what's going to happen next? And I want you to hear what he has to say because he says there might be some accountability coming. Uh, cut 10. So, Kyle... You have any plans to sue some media companies soon? I don't know, Charlie. I don't know, but some accountability's coming. I'd be on the lookout. Accountability may be coming. Now, um, you had some conversations with Nicholas Sandman, didn't you? I've, yeah, me and Nick talked for a little bit uh, a couple weeks ago. He would know a thing or two about suing a media company, that's for sure. My turn may be next. We don't know. Yeah. Well, Nick, uh, Nick Salmon, actually, he was, if you'll remember, he was the uh, Christian Catholic uh, school student that was on the steps of the Capitol, or of the Lincoln Memorial in Washington, D.C., when a uh, Native American came up and uh, was kind of antagonizing him, I guess you would say. He was beating a drum in his face, and the media took that and just ran with it, that here's this white, because, of course, um, Nick Salmon was wearing a MAGA hat, and they decided it was this uh, white racist guy that was... Uh, making fun of this poor Indian uh, Native American. It was the exact opposite. Um, Kyle, Nick Sandman has sued CNN, NBC, and Washington Post. They've all settled with him. And I, let, let me just say that Nick Sandman is not going to have to worry where his tuition money is coming from from now on for college. Oh, the talk is millions of dollars, right? Millions <coughs> per. That CNN had to pay out. And, and both NBC Wish and they Washington would slander Post me. as well. <laughs> yeah, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> so we could... Now, do you guys think that... Uh, so the Nick Salmon thing was fairly... Once you saw the entire tape and the whole story came out, it was fairly obvious that it was all wrong. Do you think that uh, be, just because Kyle Rittenhouse was acquitted from these, that he'll have the same grounds uh, as, uh, as uh, Nick Salmon did? Uh, I don't know. This depends on the facts and attorney he gets and, and so forth and, and, and so on. The, the news media has broad latitude in how they describe things and show things. And we have freedom of the press uh, in, the, in this country. So you have the right to be wrong sometimes uh, about things. But I think what, uh, what happened in the Sandman case was it was malicious and intentional. And it was without apology. That is the way that they tried to portray him as some... Uh, white uh, racist kid who was uh, browbeating or in intimidating a, uh, a Native American man when in fact when the video was shown it was <clears throat> quite the opposite the Native American uh, man it was just one man went up and started beating a drum in the kid's face and trying to provoke something and and so Nick Sandman was uh, was maligned and slandered and it could be demonstrated with the video uh, tapes I don't know I don't know whether that same uh, standard could be applied to Kyle Rittenhouse's situation. Uh, I, I'm sure that's what he's talking about. He's looking at it with attorneys who could potentially sue some of these media outlets for the way that they, uh, you know, 
presented him, uh, that is Kyle Rittenhouse. I'll tell you who, who, who he deserves an apology from uh, more than anybody, and that is President Biden. Yep. And I haven't seen that yet. <clears throat> That's shameful on the part of Biden because Biden used the image during his campaign of Kyle Rittenhouse, and, and he called him a white supremacist. You remember mm-hmm. that? Mm-hmm. Like he's a KKK type guy. And there was, as it turns out, there's nothing in Kyle Rittenhouse's background or his words or statements or associations that in any way, shape, or form uh, suggest that he was a member of a white supremacy group or that he himself was a white supremacist. And so that was, that was uh, uh, what do you call it uh, when you t- t- uh, misrepresent somebody's character? De- defamation? Uh, yeah. Yeah. That was de- that was defamation of character right there, and this was done by the man who's now as president, who was at the time uh, running for president, and we know that Biden was shamelessly using that to try to uh, prop up his boogeyman argument that white supremacy is the greatest threat to our country. He said that uh, on multiple occasions, which is just complete, utter nonsense. It's a, as I say, I call it a boogeyman, <clears throat> and so uh, what. If Biden had an ounce of decency, he would have apologized to Rittenhouse and said, uh, you know, he may, uh, Biden may have disagreed with what happened there in terms of Rittenhouse, uh, Kyle Rittenhouse going downtown that night and, uh, and, and, and so forth. Uh, but as it was proven, he was defending himself. He would be dead that they had he not shot those guys. <clears throat> uh, but to call him a white supremacist was, it was slander, uh, Ray. And so, but Biden's not going to apologize. Uh, I don't even know if Biden knows what's going on uh, there in that story or not. You wonder what Biden knows really is what's going on in in each uh, day. But go ahead, Ray. You have any thoughts on on that? Well, beyond what I said, to the the bigger to the bigger question, Tim. um, I certainly hope Kyle Rittenhouse has good lawyers. Mm-hmm. And I hope that what he said in that quote actually comes to pass. There does need to be accountability. Yes. Now I don't think he'll go. I don't think he'll get very far trying to sue President Biden because they'll. You know, there's various things that protect a pres a sitting president from lawsuits. You know, whether and remember getting, he was a candidate at the time. Right. Biden was, but yeah. Right. But you're right. Suing a sitting president while he's in office is almost right. impossible. Uh, yeah. Right. You can try. You're not going to win that one. But right. There, there are plenty of other media targets out there, and everything else aside, no matter what people, as you said, fair questions to be asked. But he was unfairly labeled right. a white supremacist, and there's not a shred of evidence no. ever has come forth that that was his motivating factor. So yes, I, I hope he has good lawyers, and I hope what happened to Nick Sandman happens to Kyle Rittenhouse too, and I hope he gets justice. Yep. Mm-hmm. All right, Steve, next. Hey, hey uh, Ray, you, when did you move to Kansas City? About three years ago. Okay, and you guys, you're from uh, Texas, is that right? Right, from Dallas. And so you bought a house in, right. uh, in Kansas City. What did you know about the neighborhood that you were going into when you bought that house? Well, you know, you know we looked at the schools. We looked at the, uh, you know, uh, you could, you know, the whole c- compare prices of various neighborhoods. You could find out... Uh, Almost anything, because you can go on these MLS listings or Redfin and places like that, find out price history and all that, where the good schools are, all of that kind of Redfin stuff. Redfin and Realtor.com, two of the 
most leading real estate websites and referral agencies have now made the announcement that they will no longer include data on crime in the neighborhood because they say that that is racial bias. I want you to listen, if you would, to... um, What what cut is that, Fred? It's It's cut number six. Lynn Lynn Patterson. Lynn Patton, I'm sorry. Lynn Patton, who was on Fox and Friends this morning talking about this. Cut six. Here's a newsflash for everybody watching. Last I checked, just because you don't talk about crime doesn't mean it magically disappears, right? Um, The quote used by Realtor.com is ludicrous and really flies in the face of common sense investment. Home ownership is the single most important piece of generational wealth. And for them to say that they want to level the playing field of real estate defies that very common sense investment. You know, by that logic, a waterfront property in Malibu would be the same price as a split level ranch in Fargo. You know, it just doesn't make sense. And Democrats are putting more value on kowtowing to the radical woke agenda than they are on actual property value. You would have wanted to know, right, Ray? Well, I we looked it up, right? I mean, that's you need to know that, especially. I mean, we were coming to Kansas City, um, not having a lot of experience here, and you want to know what the crime rate is, what the statistics are for your neighborhood. We found that stuff out. So you're saying now it's just not going to be on there. They say that uh, putting that kind of is, uh, information out is uh, includes risking what? racial bias. Why? Well, because uh, neighborhoods tend to gentrify. They tend to be either mostly one race or another, white or black or whatever. And Not any longer. <clears throat> well, uh, excuse me, Steve. I, Maybe. I've been, I, I don't mean to sound like uh, I'm correcting you in that. <laughs> uh, the, the, uh, neighbor, yes, yes, neighborhoods are a lot of times racially uh, se- segregated um but there's a lot of mixed uh, neighborhoods now sure with people of different ethnic, uh, more than much more than it used to be. But you know what's what I found this uh, interesting is what these company. What's the name of these two companies that are no longer going to list crime? Realtor.com and Redfin. So, are they? Suge- that sounds like to me they're suggesting that crime's only done by one race. Yeah, it, it, well, you know, if you really want to look at it honestly, uh, the uh, neighborhoods are divided up not by race as much as by economy. You know, you, you buy a house in what uh, yes. you can afford. So I know, but so why are they keeping the I, – I just don't understand why they're keeping the uh, – They're being woke. Yeah, this That's is, exactly this is the latest front in the woke wars. That's what this is. That's all it is. But you know what? The real estate agents – around the country if they're buying a house you can be sure you bet they're going to check about the background in particular neighborhoods uh and just to raise point there are other sites you can go to and check out crime rates all that sort of thing so the real estate companies these these people have decided they're not going to include that just go ahead and do your own research folks simple as that yeah (laughs) oh brother okay oh brother all right, listen, we're out of time here uh, on the program. We thank everybody for listening. We're going to be here tomorrow with a live show. And, uh, Brent, did you say Thursday with a live show or not? Uh, to... No, sir, it's not. 
Okay, so tomorrow's our last sh- uh, show Correct. for the week, live show, and then Thursday uh, and Friday we're going to play Christmas music, right? That's correct. Yes, sir. Okay. All right. My thanks to Ray, Fred, Steve, Chris, and Brent. And we thank you for listening to American Family Radio. Uh, keep uh, Stay with us for the rest of the day. We hope you have a good one. We'll see you tomorrow.